Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. This includes animal advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and, importantly, appreciation. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. Recent podcasts are available from both the 3CR and Freedom of Species websites. All podcasts are available via iTunes. Welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Kate Gracie. If you're a parent here in Australia, you've probably vicariously experienced a chick-hatching program at your local primary school or kinder. It's a pretty popular activity by all accounts, but there's another side to all of this that a lot of people don't know about. So here in the studio, we have Amanda Leeper, and Amanda is a mum here in Melbourne. She knows very well the grim realities of these chick-hatching programs. Thanks for joining us in the studio, Amanda. Thanks, Kate. I remember seeing an article in a local newspaper about your plea to your local council to stop these hatching programs in local schools. But I'm sure there must be many people who would want to ask you, why would you want to prevent little kids from having such a heartwarming experience of seeing tiny, fluffy chicks hatch? I mean, it's the cutest experience ever, right? It looks like it from the outside. Um, but from as a parent watching my own children, I think there's a lot of heartbreak that happens. What's going on there? There's so many things that can go wrong with a baby chick. You can be injured in the process of being squeezed too much by a child, um, dropped to the floor and be brain damaged, stood on. They can have a leg broken, um, all with handling within the, the classroom experience. And they're factual stories. They're stories that I've heard from friends myself in their own kinders and schools that actually happened. And for me, an education experience needs to be the truth. And they start chicken hatching programs, to me, are not the truth. They do not simulate the, the wheel of life. What should it look like? Starts off with the mother. Starts off with parents. That's what the, that's what cycle of life is about. Not having a, an egg in an incubator with a heater on in a classroom unattended. For me, my children need to know that life begins with, with a mother preparing for the birth yeah, right. of a baby. Well, prior to the hatching, her bond's already established. She's developing that bond by talking to the chicks on a daily basis, multiple times a day, as she's turning the eggs. Her turning the eggs reduces the chance of the, the chicks developing any deformities, um, and that won't happen in an incubator situation, which is why we end up with chicks with deformities. She provides that nurturing environment that when a chick comes out of the uh, – breaks through – it's got the warmth of a mother. It's got the heartbeat. She's talking to it. In an incubator, that doesn't happen. It's surrounded by a, a mass of children. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, and those chicks imprint on children, not on a mother. And then those chicks are ripped away a month or two, I mean a week or two later, and suddenly put in with, you know, thousands of other chickens. And Not a genuine life lesson for the kids, no, is it? No, far from it. What kind of messaging is this giving to the children 
who are participating in these programs? Mm. I think it's giving them mixed messages. They're, in one hand, they're being encouraged to to watch and partake in 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 the cycle of life and, and a learning environment, but it's a, in a it's a learning environment which is fabricated. It's not the truth. And then they'll you know chicks that are deformed. You know we had a couple of chicks in my when my son was attending three year old kinder that was struggling very badly. And the, the teacher made a decision not to take the chicks to the vet. And I turned up to pick my son up from kinder and there was a sign on the on the whiteboard at the front saying, can we please have two parents to help us euthanise the chicks? When they say help us euthanise the chicks, what do they have in mind? That was, my, that was my question. So I was told possibly suffocation, which is illegal. You're not allowed to kill an animal yourself. Right. So what the so vet care was outside their budget. That hasn't yeah. been factored into no, the whole program. It's not been factored into. But it's worse than that and chicks are not valued enough to actually warrant veterinary care. Right. You know, they seem to be a, a farm animal and they're not given the same you know legal rights that our domesticated animals are given. Right. And then there's I suppose you've got the issue of what happens with the chickens afterwards yeah. as well. So yeah. that's another issue. And the thing that's funny is people see a, a, a fluffy little chick, but they don't think about the big chook or rooster that's going to come after it. And Mother Nature's pretty smart. Mother Nature has designed the egg to usually have a 50-50 ratio of male to female. So um, when we're talking about chicks, we're talking 50% of those are going to be male. What are we going to do with males? Males are not male chicks are not valued in uh, consumerism. They're killed almost immediately when they're born. So basically there's a message there for, also for the children is that once the chickens are hatched and you've got over the, the novelty of a, those first early days, that's where your responsibility ends. Yep, that's it. They're inconvenient now. Yep, mm-hmm. we, can, we can send them away. Send them away, dispose of them, however. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. What does this program look like for the kids? Well, it's supposed to be a lesson about the cycle of life. Right. Um, so as we've touched on before, you know, that doesn't happen. Kinders and schools are supposed to get permits to actually or seek approval because it's a deemed a science experiment to actually have the chicken hatching programs. Most schools and kinders are unaware that they're supposed to do that. And the guidelines in order to get a permit to do this is that they've actually got to um, – there's got to be a need for the given activity to continue. So – we know that that's not the case now because this, we're living in 2017. We know there's lots of modern alternatives. Um, and then the other one is the need to replace traditional animal-based models um, with alternative learning. If they can tick that box, then they'll get the permit through as well. And then from there, the school or kinder will contact a company. Our primary school told me that the company they dealt with, had she, the person had stated that they've given out about 50,000 eggs already that year and that was only in the middle of the year. And that's in just in one region? Uh, that was in Victoria. Wow, right. Yeah. So when you're talking about states and you're talking about multiple companies, actually how many chicks are actually involved in the chicken hatching programs? How many males are being killed? How many chicks are actually being injured? And then from there... And how many children are being misinformed that's right. yes. about this yes. yeah, lesson? Yeah. That's right, yeah. that's right. So, and then, then they're put in, obviously, into the incubators and observed by the kids. Uh, the, the incubator will turn. Um, oh, so the incubator turns the eggs? It, it moves the eggs. Okay. Around for the heat and the light. Okay, right. And then once the chicks start to hatch, in my experience uh, of going through this, um, so we're talking about three-year-old and four-year-old kinder twice, 
the kids were not allowed to touch the chicks initially uh, when they were wet and until they had some proper feather growth and were able to do a little bit of walking. And then they would be passed around. Every right. child would be able to get a hold. And you're talking about kinders with multiple programs, um, multiple kids five days a week. Um, so that's a lot of handling. Yeah, um, right. And there's a lot of accidents that are likely to happen in that stage. A lot of imprinting of chicks to believe that, you know, these humans are are their family. It's bizarre that they could be imprinting on a group of of humans mm-hmm. rather than one solitary yep. hen. And people don't think about that. Yeah, because all, all they don't care because it's just a chick. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what options exist for these chicks once the program is, is finished? Mm. That's a good question. There's not many. Um, with 50% of the chicks being male, there's the options open to the kinders are that if they know that they're going to be male at the time or they don't know, the, the kinders will decide whether or not they're going to offer the chicks to families or they're going to give them back to the company. If they give them back to the company, the company is going to wait and see if they're male or female and then it's going to destroy, kill the male chicks. And some may be saved for breeding purposes. And then the females are more likely to be put into the battery hen farms, into the cages, which is about the size of an A4 paper. If they're fortunate enough to not get see that end of life, then there will be one of the f- chicks that will be sent home with with families um, who, uh, for many families, it's unprepared. The, the only decision is short notice because, you know, a child's, I want, I want, I want. The chick's cute, it's fluffy, it's mm. chirping. Oh, we can do that, you know. Oh, we can have eggs. We'll, we'll have our own yeah. backyard eggs. And that's it. The chick toddles off and there's no follow-up. They'll follow up to say, how are you doing? How are you coping? They're supposed to give information. There's no information given to most families that I'm aware of. For 50% of those chicks that go home, they're going to be male. And if they're in suburban areas, they will end up in a shelter or killed by somebody who wants to eat them or given away, advertised. You see them on Gumtree all the time. Yeah, right. Roosters get a pretty rough end of the stick, Mm -hmm. don't they? The council laws, you can't keep roosters. And... Because they're noisy, mm-hmm. they don't produce eggs, yep. their meat's pretty ordinary, mm-hmm. they can be aggressive, and they have a tendency to bonk mm-hmm. your hens yes, and right. produce more chicks that you don't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. I saw one of these uh, chicken hatching outfits claim that their chicks will be rehomed to free-range farms. Is that a better alternative? Well, if you're not able to care for them and the option is being euthanized, then it, it could be a better alternative. But the reality is that the decision on what's uh, free-range farms is still out because there's so many farms that, you know, they're not approved. And the way this, the code of practice is, you can claim that something's free-range when it's not. So unless you're actually going out and having a look at a farm and knowing exactly where what it's like, but the reality is as well, how many hours a day is that chick going to be inside? There's a lot more than just putting a chick on a farm. Yeah, I know that uh, free-range farms, um, their definition is very, very loose. Mm-hmm. Now, you spoke earlier about the um, Australian Code for the Care and Use of Animals for Scientific Purposes and how this code applies to this type of program. Is this code actually a, a hard and fast regulation or is it is it just another floppy code of practice that just simply suggests best practice and, and give guidance? Any code is not legally enforceable. It, it is a suggested practice, and that's, you know, with all our animal welfare, uh, it, most things fall under a code, and that's the sad thing about the animals in this state and in, in this country. When you're needing to get help on a situation where you've got an injured chick, what do you do? 
you know, most people, if they're if they're seeing a cruelty occur in a in a chicken hatching program, they're not going to know who to contact. And then there's the Victorian Schools Animal Ethics Committee that you also mentioned. Mm-hmm. That committee exists for animal ethics. Wouldn't they see that these hatching programs are, at the very least, ethically questionable? Yeah. There has been a, a movement within that. You know, they're supposed to give information on the three R's um, to encourage schools not to use animals. And they're trying to work with some schools around alternative ways. And my understanding is that they've been in the process of organising a short curriculum for units for teachers on um, alternative resources for chicken hatching programs. But I'm not seeing it getting out into the kinders and schools. I have many friends with teachers. They're not seeing that coming through their way. Right. Um, and it's just passed on through practice within schools that chicken hatching program every year, chicken hatching program, chicken hatching program. Because it's popular or but because it's they don't want to change? It's cute and fluffy. Yeah. It's it's and it is is habit, and it's a crowd pleaser. Yep, exactly. So, what are these alternatives that exist? There's a 21 day um, chart that can go up in, on a wall where it's got pictures of the 21 day cycle of an egg. Actually, that reminds me. I've heard of sets of model eggs where there's 21 eggs, and you can split each one open to reveal the stages of embryonic development which does sound a lot more educational than simply watching an egg and waiting for a chick to emerge. They're also talking about using other things as well, like um, going into a, your local community and observing births. Having that reality, that real-life experience, is something that's going to, I think, last with a lot more children than anything else. Um, but if they want to see an embryo developing, mm-hmm. which is pretty special, mm-hmm. how can they have a, a real-life experience with chickens without denying... Um, Mm -hmm. a brood of chicks, their mother. Yeah. If you go onto Google and you click chicken hatching, you will end up with over 2 million results of videos. So for me, that's a lot more easier, accessible, free, without the ethic component involved. Pass around a fluffy chick that's that's a toy (laughs) when they're watching the video. Yeah. Let's have a break for a song. CR is actively advocating for equality in the lead-up to the National Postal Survey on same-sex marriage. As such, we will not give airtime to the No campaign on the basis that it is prejudiced, homophobic and harmful to LGBTIQ people and our families. Our community may hold different views on marriage as an institution, yet we agree this postal survey is a political stunt designed to appease prejudiced and homophobic views. 3CR will continue to advocate for equality in all areas. At this particular time in our political climate, we need to ensure that our members, friends and colleagues know that 3CR is a safe space for all our community. You're listening to 3CR Radio. That earlier song was by Pink and it's called Dear Mr President. That song was a suggestion by our guest, Amanda Leeper. Now, we're in the middle of a conversation with Amanda. She's telling us about the cruel truths of 
chick hatching programs in Australian schools. Chicks can often hatch with disabilities and ill health. And I'm curious how often that can happen and what usually happens in those instances. Mm -hmm. Do they get vet care at least? I don't know any myself that I've got vet care. In my own personal experiences with, with kinders and the hatching programs and then talking to my friends, there's at least two to three chicks out of eight or nine eggs that have some form of disablement. Um, well, wow, like you're saying a quarter to a third of them yep. have a problem. Yes. Yep. That's a shocking strike mm-hmm. rate. And the other, other issue is because there's no clear guideline around the day it became a embryo. So you might end up with a batch of, say, 12 eggs, but three of those might have only been just been fertilised. So we've seen it in our program where a chick would come out, the, the teachers cracked it to get to force it to open because it's, everything else isn't, isn't on par, um, and that this chick's been forced out, and it's very evident that it's not the same age as everybody else. You know, it's squashed and kicked by other chicks. The sawdust usually in the bottom and it will be pushed down into the into the sawdust. And I have had to say to a teacher on a couple of occasions, that chick is going to suffocate, um, still not take it to the vet. They don't factor vet, vet care into the program no, whatsoever? No, you know, maybe there is schools <clears throat> that do that. But certainly in my experience and my friends' experiences, we haven't come across that. So if these hatching programs have managed to pass muster with the Ethics Committee and, and the Australian Code... What about the RSPCA and and local councils? Do they have any objections to school hatching programs? The RSPCA do have a um, a policy against chicken hatching programs and they do have a resource on their website if anybody wants to look at that. Councils, um, to my understanding, I haven't heard of any in Victoria that that have an outright policy against it. Our local council, Knox, um, have done it in a roundabout way Having previously been an elected local uh, councillor, I knew the process around meetings and, and getting issues brought to their attention. And I know amongst my friends, we were having continual frustration going to each individual kinder and raising the matters. And it's up to the discretion of each teacher in each kinder whether or not the program would be go ahead or not. So we kind of thought we've got to take it from a, a larger viewpoint and maybe let's go to the council and let's just see if they can actually stop them in their own council-funded kinders. So we attended a council meeting and we lodged a question, like question time, just to bring the attention to the council and officers about the the ethical issues that hatching programs occur. Uh, they were told that they would they received the information and that they would think about it. And um, my understanding is uh, from, I've got obviously I've several friends throughout the city of Knox, but everybody's come back to me within the following few months to say there's not one chicken hatching program happening in the, the council funded kinders. And when they've spoken to their teachers about it, they've said that they're not getting it, they're going to be doing the cycle of life a different way. That's a fantastic outcome. Yep. That's brilliant. Yep. So that's what I want to encourage people to do is, okay, if your local kinder, council funded kinder is not is not taking it on board and not taking a matter serious, get together with with like-minded people and try and see from a city perspective addressing the issue as a whole. Um, go to the council meeting, ask a question, lay the facts on the table. You'll get usually two minutes to present your story 
And, you know, most councils don't want to be seen to be supporting battery hen cages and, and, and the death of chooks and chickens being squashed and, and euthanized or strangled in their own funded kinders. Um, so that's one way in which people, I feel, can actually take the issue further. Yeah, councils these days seem to be getting, um, at least in Melbourne, there's quite a few progressive councils mm, there are. putting their heads up, which yep. is very comforting. Mm-hmm. How is that outcome received by your school communities and, and individual mm-hmm. parents? Was it received well or were you just like considered a killjoy? It was a mix. I had, I had um, for a photo in the local paper, I wanted to borrow a friend, not a friend, so a mother from the kinder, one of her chooks. I'd actually rehomed a uh, a rooster from her from a previous year's chicken hatching program. Uh, she told me outright that she didn't agree with what I was doing. She likes chicken hatching programs, are cute and fluffy, and she wants her children to partake in that. Most other families said to me they actually, once they got the facts, they actually actually agreed with what was going on. They never knew the facts. They never knew what was involved. And I think that's most people look at the cute and cuddly and they don't look beyond that. And I think we need to educate. Kinders and schools are part of our education process. Let's educate. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to knowing where and why and who you're dealing with. That's reassuring. Yeah. That you're saying that you think the majority of people, once they actually know what's mm-hmm. going on, will mm-hmm. also object to school yeah, hatching programs. Yeah, I think programs. so, yes. Yeah. I mean, and with with our school, when I knew it was happening, I wrote a letter to the school. I outlined all the facts, sent various links and information. The principal called me in to have a meeting. I explained my concerns personally. He said to me, we can't do anything this year because we've already paid, ordered, and they're, they're coming in two days' time. Um, but he said, I'm going to take it on board for next year. That was three years ago. They've never had a chicken hatching program since. So they may not be saying it out publicly that they don't have it, but I know as a, being a parent as part of that school that that one simple letter and taking that time and being respectful with that principal, just talking about, as a parent, what I was really concerned about, the message that that was giving to my children, that was actually acknowledged and taken on board. That's great. That's, um, I guess, the priority for the principal is that the messaging that the children receive. Yeah. Yep. Because most primary schools now are pretty mm-hmm. soft and fluffy places. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't but help think of parallel situations. You know, if, for example, if puppies were born to be immediately removed from their mother before they'd even clapped eyes on her. And let's say then they were put in a pen in a kinder for the first week of their lives to be handled by a group of excited young children. You know, and of course they'd be fed so they wouldn't starve to death. And and then after a week, after the puppies were weeing and pooing everywhere and it was all getting a bit messy, they'd be returned to the puppy mill from where they'd come from. Mm-hmm. Definitely not to their mother, definitely not to their mother, just returned to the puppy mill. But they now might be they might be considered a pathogenic risk, mm-hmm. so they're killed. Yes, or maybe they'd get farmed out to the kids who each wanted one because, hey, they're so cute when they're tiny puppies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, would we accept this scenario? Probably not. No, we wouldn't. <clears throat> and why not? Because they're dogs, not chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why does one sentient creature get our compassion, but not another? Exactly. And that message begins in kinders. Yeah, right. Yeah, begins with those chicken hatching programs. You know, chickens are the most abused animal on the planet. And the number of chickens that are subject to egg and meat production numbers in the billions Mm -hmm. per year. It's just crazy figures. And our children are inadvertently being 
taught to be passive abusers mm-hmm. of baby chickens. Mm-hmm. Consumerism, commodities, that's what they are. Yeah, you know, you see, you see it in the 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 X section supermarkets with the with a wall with uh, you go kids go push the button and you've got a clucking sound that comes from the wall with the, where the eggs are kept. Oh, you know, crikey, I haven't come across. <laughs> oh, that. haven't you? <laughs> I've come across a few supermarkets with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably right. portrayed as a happy chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and this is what our kids are being exposed to, and but we insist on denying that this mm-hmm. is wrong because we couch these chicken hatching programs in these completely different terms as as it's cute and fluffy mm-hmm. and it's a positive experience for the kids and we're just perpetrating this mm-hmm. commodification mm-hmm. of animals. Yep. Our farm animals are not given the same um, respect and appreciation that domesticating animals do have um, and it's a big battle because they are a farm animal um, to, I think to kind of get that connection um, I'm even hearing stories now of of schools and kinders now using rabbits um, or ducks as alternatives. Now, to me, they're just as bad. Birthing rabbits. Yes, birthing rabbits. There's companies now doing doing rabbits, um, rabbit birthing or whatever it's called, and and you have a, a mother rabbit heavily pregnant in the classroom, waiting for her to have her babies, and she has her babies, and then you watch the babies grow for a f- few weeks, and then kids can take the rabbits home. And then, so you've got more issues with with not desexed animals, breeding, or shelters, uh, people who don't have the skills to know what they're doing with a, with a rabbit. Rabbits are very stressful creatures. And then I guess people with rabbits, they decide then they don't want them and they let them go. That's right. Mm-hmm. And ducklings, so people are doing this with ducklings, mm. are they? Are the issues with chicks the same as with ducklings? Yes, definitely. Very similar. You know, it's, it's part. It's all part of that. Um, the poultry. A mother bonds with her egg, right. turns the egg. The same issues are present for the for the ducks. Although I guess it must be a lot harder to, I mean, even harder to mm. rehome a duckling than it is a chicken because ducklings are notoriously messy. Well, I don't think people realise the mess that ducklings give and that they've got to provide them 24-hour access to water. Yeah. So I almost think they're probably at a, almost a greater risk than a chook is. Where can people find support or advice when they come across these programs in, in their schools and kindies? Because I mm-hmm. imagine there must be a lot of people who would feel quite helpless or intimidated mm-hmm. when they want to speak out about such programs. Mm-hmm. Um, Eka's Mission is a farm animal sanctuary in Victoria um, and they have a good resource online. So if people go to the Eka's Mission website and they can find a, a tab with uh, Hatching a Good Idea and that has a list of resources, questions and what to do. Um, there's also a good resource uh, from the World of Animal Welfare, which is an RSPCA a website, which is specifically for children. And they have some good uh, links on that page in relation to chicken hatching. For the Make It Possible campaign also has um, some information on about factory farming and farm animals, and in particular some chicken hatching programs and what actually happens with the female chicks. When you say the Make It Possible campaign, is that within Animals Australia? Is that right? It's a specific makeitpossible.com website. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. cool. Um, and then there is an rspca.org.au address where people can actually look at what happens to the male chicks in Australia um, and then save a chick. Oh, you mean uh, Melbourne Melbourne Chicken Save, yes. Yeah, so they've, they've got um, – they'll have some information as well. Okay, cool. So – it can provide um, a parent with a, a resource of information yes. then to take to their school or mm-hmm. council or kinder or childcare. Yes. 
Yes, um, it and starts early. Yeah, and that's that's one of the hardest ones to actually affect because it's privately funded. And I've had contact with several families that have actually really struggled in those environments to actually be heard. Yeah, but don't be put off. No, don't be, be put, put off. You keep trying. Keep trying and persevere. And um, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are willing to help mm-hmm. and support for any endeavours to try and stop these programs. Yes. They're only tiny chicks, people say. They're just chicks, but yep. they're just as important as a baby elephant. That's right. Or baby cat, a baby mm-hmm. lamb. They're as important as anything. And we need to teach our children well to be kind and compassionate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you, Kate. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, and that was Amanda Leeper talking about the chick-hatching programs that occur in Australian schools. Now, just got a song for you before some community announcements, and this is this song is an old favourite of Amanda's. It's Midnight Oil's Beds Are Burning. You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, and that was Midnight Oil with Beds Are Burning. Now, Sea Shepherd is holding a Stand Fast Festival in Williamstown on Saturday the 24th. You'll need to get tickets for that because they're selling really fast, apparently. And the Sea Shepherd Marine Debris Campaign is having beach cleanups the next day on Sunday the 25th at Rockingham in WA and in Hobart's Montague Bay and on the Sunshine Coast at Point Cartwright. There's a busy group in Melbourne called Friends of Native Wildlife and they're doing some tree planting on Saturday the 23rd in Sandringham. That's to create habitat for the bronzewing native pigeons. On at the same time is another tree planting session for the Regent Honey Eater up at Benalla in northeast Victoria. Uh, details for all those are on Facebook, on their respective pages and also on our Freedom of Species Facebook page eventually. If you'd like to get in contact with Freedom of Species, you can reach us by email, info at freedomofspecies.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. I'm going to leave you with a couple of songs, one by Queen and one by the Culture Club, and they're for Elijah and Sasha. They're Amanda's sons, and they're very kind and compassionate boys. See you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.